This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yi Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. Every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food in Malaysia, from speaking to chefs and restaurateurs about their restaurants, to exploring the origins of certain dishes, to geeking out over tasty discussions with food friends or experts. On this week's show, in light of the latest pandemic developments in Malaysia, I'm taking this opportunity to reach out and share about food businesses or organizations that are doing good for the community through food. With these tough times upon us, it's increasingly important to provide help and food aid to those in need around us. So if you have the capacity to do so, I would urge you to get involved wherever you can. For today's episode, we'll hear from Brian Lu, who's a household name in Malaysia. He's the founder and CEO of Loop Holding, the company that owns many food brands, including the well-known and well-loved bubble tea brand, Tea Life. Today, Brian is on the show to have a discussion with us about some of the food aid efforts Loop Holding has been a part of and shed some light on how food businesses can go about helping their community in a more sustainable, long-term way. So without further ado, let's dive into our conversation. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Jun. Pleasure. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. So I guess in the past few weeks, uh, in light of the whole pandemic, the whole MCOs, uh, we've been interviewing organizations and restaurants about food aid and some food relief efforts that they've done. Uh, and it's becoming a bigger thing because of, you know, Bandera Pute and Kita Jaga Kita. So to start, why don't you tell us about how this all began for Lube Holding, even before the pandemic? Like when did you start providing food relief and when did that become something uh, that you were part of? So maybe I just flashback about um, the day when we started Tea Life. So mm. I think we built upon a brand purpose where, you know, we bring joys to people life to tea. So I think that has been a high level brand purpose for Tea Life and for Loop Holding. So over the years, whether is it COVID, non-COVID, or during COVID or post-COVID, right, we'll continue the effort because we feel that we are very lucky and very fortunate that our products was some form of um, affordable luxury for, for the less fortunate people. So I think over the years, we, we have been contributing drinks and food to try to shield people from all walks of life. So we contribute to, to welfare home, orphanage, school for all the underprivileged people. And then we also supported public event for all the volunteers um, to get refreshment, to get a sense of support for them, um, for all the police, frontliner, uh, uh, um, welfare staff who work in uh, PPV. So I think those are the things that we've been doing. And also at most of the time, there was a special request coming from NGO as well. Um, and we often support our product because we feel that, you know, it was easy to carry and easy to consume at any point of time people want to consume. Yeah, I think all the time we, we did quite a bit of them and we continue the effort because we feel that, you know, uh, it, it was part of our brand you could need to build between the community every time that we do it. Right, right. And so were most of your efforts, you know, something that logistically or operationally you organize on your own or are most of your efforts to do with, you know, the NGO side of things? So, so we are a bit fortunate because of the network store we have today. I think we have um, 
it, it just alone in Incline Valley, we have about 300 outlets. So with 300 outlets, right, we are always be more than ready to able to support them into our drinks and food. So mm. what we do is either we make the drinks, make the food, and then uh, uh, the people actually pick it up from our stores and deliver to, to the charity home. Or what we do is we go extra mile, uh, we actually prepare the drinks and we send it all the way to charity home, orphanage house, PPV and all this. Right, right. And and I also heard like from the very beginning, you had a close relationship working with uh, Pit Stop Community Cafe, right? How did that come to be? Yeah, I think we've been working with them for like a good three to five years. Ah, okay. And um, I think basically they fit into three purposes that we have lah, about, you know, about our CSR program. Number one is to build. Uh, we wanted to build a household brand that people associate us with giving back to society. So we see that uh, in Pit Stop. We see that Pit Stop as a great platform where we can do that and actually met our objective. Number two is also a platform where we can reach out uh, or even access the marginal um, community or victim through all this food and uh, drinks distribution with our ultimate goal basically to bring joy to people's life. And then number three is also a mean where we can minimize uh, our food base through all this food redistribution and repurposing. Yeah. So in terms of pit stop, how is the process like um, in terms of how you interact with them? How What do you provide? So we support them every uh, two months. What we do is we will understand what sort of product they want and uh, the number of packs of people they foresee in the event. So what we do is we will prepare all the food and drinks, um, deliver it to their center, and then basically also send some of our volunteers that coming from our company and to support them during the actual event. Mm, I see, I see. So it's more, I guess, like event-based, is it? When there's a big event that they are part of. Yeah, at this moment, it's, it's more an event-based. Um, every two months, uh, we committed to support them. Uh, we continue to do that. It become part of our SOP already. And um, I think that's the reason why Joyce uh, had think that, you know, we, we has been constantly um, um, active in that because we committed, because we realized that their platform is really a great platform where we really can took our brand and offer our products um, to all these less fortunate people. Mm, yeah, it seems like a very long-term partnership. Mm. Yeah, and I'm involved in a couple of rounds of them and I find it really, really interesting uh, on the people who actually went over and while we distribute our food, the people that approach and, and pick up the drinks are very, very interesting, come with very interesting background. And then I, I don't know, I find it to be a, a, a real eye-opening for myself. Not just that, uh, I also truly learned about how do we get grounded in whatever we could do to give back to society. Mm, so you were personally there volunteering for a few sessions? Yeah, I was there a few times to dispute the products together with my team. I think all of us really enjoy that mm. and um, try to commit that, you know, like, Every, at least, you know, one or twice every six months to do that. So if it's not COVID day, right, um, actually, I'm also very excited if I can bring my children there, my kids. I'm sure that, you know, they, they will learn something from the event. Mm, yeah, yeah. And speaking of, I guess, speaking of COVID, speaking of the pandemic, since you have been involved in food aid efforts for so long, like years, even before the pandemic, has anything changed with the pandemic in the past like uh, one, two years as the way you approach food aid uh, changed at all? Have you done anything new? Have you come up with new initiatives? So I think just imagine before pandemic, I think we started uh, contributing regularly to Pit Stop, um, mm-hmm. basically a, a community cafe la, for the street people of KL, the homeless people, uh, those who really need about a fresh food or drinks. 
So I think it came about this way because uh, the operator of Pit Stop, um, Joyce, actually posted on Facebook a series of um, pictures how the homeless people were actually picking up key life cup um, from the dustbin and draining the remaining drop. So we thought that, you know, um, it was a great wake-up call for us that we should be part of this and, and basically offered T-Lab product being the affordable luxury to all these people who all, who wanted to have it but never had get opportunity. So I think then um, during the early lockdown, uh, all the restaurants, cafe has to stop at 8 p.m. So a lot of all these medical frontliner are, are basically short of food. They could not get food out of 8, 8 p.m. while they were working through all the way until midnight. So we learned that all these medical staff are actually in need of food um, during the first lockdown or early lockdown period. So what we did is we also started um, to distribute food to them and drinks. And uh, we arranged to send chicken rice, a tea lab drink, bus bag coffee to support them, to support all the frontliner, medical frontliner, especially um, the night shift frontliner. Mm. So I think that has also become a, a very significant event or, or period of time that we supported the frontliner. So most recently now, we also see that, you know, um, in Klein Valley, the hospital are actually overwhelming. Staff are also overworked at this point of time. So we decided to send them a few consignment of drinks and chicken rice and some of the food that under our portfolio to all these medical frontliners as well. So I think that has also become uh, uh, one most recent thing that we do. And most often, is uh, what who we supported is, is definitely the police frontliner. So during the lockdown period, um, whether it's one, two, or three, right? Um, we sent a series of drinks from all different kinds of states, right? To all these police who are based off from the roadblock. Mm. So we actually sent drinks to them, um, basically just to give them a sense of support, right? For really supporting the community, uh, keeping up the safety of our people. So we are there to dispute all the drinks and uh, our involved and participate a few rounds of them and find to be, you know, find to be such a great, good deed that we need to make sure that we do more often because because all these guys are standing at, at the hot sun and then sometimes during rainy day and, and basically controlling all the traffic. To me, is if we can give them a sense of support right, or, or even a sense of um, encouragement, I think that's the least we can do lah, being a brand. Before we continue our conversation, we are going to take a quick break. Stay with us, you're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. I've been speaking with Brian Liu from Loop Holding. We've been talking about the food aid efforts Loop Holding has been a part of, and so let's pick up where we left off. really respectable what you're doing and really needed as well at at this time and I guess we can see a lot of other food businesses or even like beyond the service industry people are trying to get involved more right giving donations setting up food banks even um, and starting their own initiatives but from the conversations that I've, I've been having with people there are a lot of logistical or sometimes even like funding hurdles that businesses have so I was just wondering like operationally how do you manage it? Do you have a uh, kind of internal team to provide for, you know, all these CSR initiatives? So I think um, a few specific programs that we did lately uh, regarding food bank uh, is actually we, we roll out our individual store food bank uh, across interstates, right? 
but we do that. Uh, in fact, we encourage our business partner, which is our franchisee, to do that. Is because every one of their outlets, right, are basically managed by the owner, by the franchisee. So franchisee is technically, you know, the store manager slash the owner. They could manage the food bank part far more sophisticated and far more capable compared to our own company-owned stores. So we we actually encourage all our franchisees to try to take the shelving that we have in the company and we give them a set of criteria of product of grocery products or daily necessity product right where they can buy and then they put it across the shelf that they have in the outlet to allow all these less fortunate or needy people to actually come by and pick it up themselves. So our franchisee become the coordinator of the food bank. Uh, they buy off the grocery stores, the nearby grocery stores. They dispute to all these less fortunate people who walk across the store to pick it up the stuff they want. So I think we see that as a very beneficial program that we do. But unfortunately, we could not roll that on our company-owned uh, store level because we are talking about you know um, whether could our supervisor exercising the way we wanted to. Unfortunately, no. Because um, right now, what are we battling against is also battling against the spread of um, COVID. Every time, you know, when the, the outlets are packed with customer and all this, all our frontliner, uh, uh, all our staff are basically uh, uh, are risking their, their life or, or their exposure. Um, so what we do is we actually encourage our business partner who can control the outlet better, who are, have much more stronger owner mindsets, right, to actually involve in food bank, took, took that as a platform to support the local community and neighborhood, right? Eventually, we were able to build a, a much more integrated relationship with the consumer in that sense. Mm, I see, I see. And and out of all your uh, different outlets, different brands even, do you lump them all into one like initiative or, or are they all doing like, you know, different things like for T-Life or Kokokai, for Bass Bear? Are they involved in different initiatives? So, so if supporting a certain event, right, usually we will ask from event organizer or, or, or maybe food bank or all this owner from soup kitchen, right? We understood the product that they want and we acknowledge the product uh, through multiple format that we have, right? Whether do they need drinks as a refreshment, whether they need food or whether what kind of, they need snack or what kind of things that they need or bread, then we will consolidate all this from our individual brand. And then we will distribute to all these centers. Mm. Yeah, I think the good thing about us uh, being a group is we have almost all kind of all different type of offering, from Japanese food to casual dining, you know, like the fried chicken, chicken rice, non halal brand, um, to drinks, to coffee. We 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 able to provide that sort of offering for them. So the moment after we understood the the, the product and the need that they want. And then we'll try to arrange for our multiple portfolio line in that sense. Mm, it's almost like you can really cover the whole whole list of needs, I guess. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons why Joyce loved to work with us. Because <laughs> every time when she say that, you know, uh, uh, the Nini people actually wanted to eat burger, we got burger. He wanted to eat pasta, we got pasta. <laughs> they want to eat chicken rice, we got chicken rice. So I think it's easier for her to work with one party than multiple party in order to fulfill the needs, uh. Mm, I see, I see. Yeah, and, and I was going to ask as well, like, what were your biggest challenges in, in setting up this whole seemingly like smooth operating team you have around providing food aid? Uh, I, I guess a lot of people have found difficulties uh, setting up like operationally or logistically. And with you having worked with Pit Stop so closely, 
do you feel like working with an NGO or, or working with a already existing, whether it's soup kitchen or initiative, would you recommend that for businesses um, that are just starting to get into this space? So, so I would imagine, right, um, for any company or any organizations um, that is new in, in doing this, um, I would suggest that they partner with people who already been doing this for years. Because mm. I think that will save them a lot of effort on, on trying to build out the whole entire program themselves, uh, where there's involving a lot of learning curve in between, right? So I think what, why we love to work with Pit Stop, because we feel that, you know, um, it's like an equation one plus one equals three, right? They already been doing what they do. They access to all these leads, basically all these less fortunate people or, or, or marginalized community, right? They already recognize Pit Stop. So they, they actually trusted the brand. So every time like a brand uh, like us, who wanted to, to go extra mile to support all these individuals, we would want to work with people who already been doing that for years. And it's easier for us to, to reach out to the, that specific or niche group of people uh, almost immediate and um, basically working with people that they are familiar with in that sense. Uh. Yeah. And I think after years, right, you will stick with it in a way that you, you believe that it's actually not necessary for, for you or being an organization or being a brand to create your own platform because there are so much platform out there who are readily available and always in need of all this corporate support. Mm, right. And, and so with that, like, where do you see this whole like food aid, food bank movement um, going in the, in the next couple of months? Because we, we are seeing a lot of people, you know, uh, helping out providing providing food to to e- even like i guess like household um items and, and food we are sending it to those around us through you know the the kita jaga app as individuals not as a company or business like where do you see this whole industry or, or, or this whole movement going i guess you know like you know Jun, we, we are we are always doing our, our level best on our organization level where you know we we could not comment on how how would this entire uh, charity effort going forward uh, gonna take place or even change, but we always believe that you know um, our ultimate goal is to build a people positive, community positive, and environmental positive company. So I think if we develop this sort of purpose, right, we will very confident that you know we can weather through all kind of uncertainty and also continue to do well in our business by giving back to society. Mm-hmm. So I think the day when we build um, our brand purpose, uh, which is to bring joy to people's life, right, is the day that we committed um, to do more using our products, using our platform. And I think with that, um, I'm sure that whether or not, right, um, it will kind of inspire the industry to move toward the similar directions. So when we're able to, to roll that out in the, in the snowball effect, right, then there are a lot more people out there will be able to be safe. And also, um, in a way, benefit from all these charitable efforts. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I think with you as one of the leading examples, right? I think a lot of businesses will be inspired by by that as well. But um, yeah, I guess just just to end as well, how would you encourage even more F&B businesses out there to get involved more and, and have this culture of caring for their community? Actually, to give back, right, it doesn't really matter about, you know, how big is the company, how big is the organizations, and how big are we being an, an individual. It's always about, you know, like, what, what's our purpose in life and, and how do we see our product being integrated into people's lifestyle? Or whether is it um, um, we being part of people's um, daily life? 
So I think that has always been something that we've been thinking and, and part of our conversation, our DNA in our organizations that we speak as we do. So I think we feel that, you know, um, to be fair, we can see a lot of um, F&B brands out there are also actively supporting the community. People like, you know, um, Burger Lab and all this are, are doing exceptionally great effort during this COVID period to really support the, their local neighborhood. And that, that effort is very commendable. I feel that, you know, um, for us, the last thing we wanted to do being a bigger brand or, or, or with aspiration to become a household brand, right? We wanted to at least step up the game and, and to showcase that, you know, um, anyone or any sort of organization and brand can do their part for society, regardless of, you know, where we are and what kind of races are we in. Mm, mm, yeah, really encouraging words. And as a final question, this is something that I've been asking past few interviews about food aid. Um, what was the biggest moment or, or do you have a story about a moment of like inspiration or moment of encouragement that you personally felt throughout this whole process of, of providing for your community? Maybe I could share about a story about, you know, um, in 2017, we've been through a very tough transition period from our previous brand to T-Life. And, and that makes us a breakthrough brand. So when we've been through that hardest time in our career path, uh, that time after transition, we actually committed ourselves with a new purpose, which is to bring joy to people life through T. We actually supported more than 50 orphanage child homes throughout multiple states together with all our internal staff. And, and that has been a great case study for us, whereby it's how do we differentiate ourselves being a brand with a purpose or just being any other brand. So I think from there, we realized that, you know, every time when we became a brand with a purpose, right, we get to cruise through all the uncertainty, um, most challenging part of the brand building journey smoother than anyone else or, or even COVID period, right? Smoother than anyone else is because all this seed that we planted during early days of helping the community. And we feel that, you know, um, if we wanted to continue operate in each and every different neighborhood and community, this is the least that we need to do to support the local community in order to be a sustainable business or people positive and community positive company. Mm. So I think from there, we realized that, you know, um, it, it should be building as part of the SOP for us, for every time that we planted our stores in different neighborhood, right? Not only we wanted to cultivate the modern tea drinking cultures, but we want to help the local community where they can recognize us in a very positive image. And in longer run, right, they will go around and spread around and tell people, go and drink tea life. You know, this is the brand who, who helped us during our hard time. And, and, and this is the brand that we want to support. So I think those are the things that we learned for the past four to five years. Um, after we transited to T-Life and, and it really makes us stronger and stronger compared to last time. Mm, yeah, so I guess a, a good piece of advice there is to, to start early and, and have it in your DNA. Mm. Yep, yep. Cool. Well, yeah, thanks so much for uh, sharing and yeah, thanks so much for taking the time to, to tell us all about food day here. Thanks so much, Ryan. That's all for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or on the BFM app. If you know of an organization or someone you'd like to hear on the show, feel free to reach out to us. But meanwhile, I hope all of you have been doing and eating okay. This is Jun, signing off. You've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.